The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Help me welcome your neighbor to your left and to your right. You can be seated. It's good to see you this Wednesday evening. How was your week? Let me start by asking you, have you started your 40-day journey yet? You don't have to answer me apart from your heart. Have you started yet? Please be remember that sometimes, sometimes Christians have this knack of being missing in action. If you study the epistles very well, Jesus must have appeared to nothing less than 500, possibly 600 disciples. Nothing less. After between that 40 day, I mean, after his resurrection, nothing less. If you, um, about 500 disciples. But on the day the Holy Ghost showed up, 50th day, only 120 were in service that day. Maybe some people were caught in Jerusalem traffic on their way to church. <laughs> Maybe some people were watching the service by live stream. Maybe. <laughs> but the fact we have is that some people were not on the journey for whatever reason. Now, my own conviction is that they joined the train later on. So what I'm asking you tonight is, have you started your journey of learning? Redemption is so deep, but it's so powerful. It's so rich. So if we don't sit down and allow the Spirit of God to unveil things to us, to begin to show us the missing links, hallelujah, in our walk with God so that we can enjoy what Christ has already obtained for us, we may never enjoy them. We may never see them. Not because they are not available, no. They are available. The cross proves that, hallelujah. The prints in Jesus' hands prove that. The prints on his feet and of his sides prove that. Let me hear somebody shout, it is finished. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Everything that is needed for your healing, for your prosperity, for your deliverance is already paid in full. Hallelujah. So those three pertinent questions the Holy Ghost has told us to be asking ourselves in this church, it's a good time to ask them again. How market? How am I benefiting from all that what Christ has obtained for me? I'm a Christian. I'm born again. Settled. Okay. How market? How market? Number two, why is my life like this? And again, the genesis of that word is you are having one fold. You are increasing. You know, you've experienced double. Now, why is my life like this? Is not the depressed, sad, why is my life like this? Is... Christ obtained for you the fullness of the riches of God in glory. And yet, you're only working in million naira flow. Why is your life like that? Why is it only a million you are getting? When what is available to you is the riches of Christ in glory. When you are an heir of God. Does somebody know they are an heir of God? We'll be talking about that dimension a lot on Sunday. And in asking why is my life like this, you begin to examine yourself. When God begins to show you, this may be the reason why you're only having one fold when you could have been having tenfold. This may be the reason why you're having tenfold, why you may be having thirtyfold, sixtyfold. This may be the reason why you're having only sixtyfold when you could be having a hundredfold. Where you could be a thousand times more. Hallelujah. This is the reason. You now examine yourself. You examine yourself. What we want to deal with in this series is a classic reason or a main reason why many, many, many Christians never see the fullness of what God has for them. Not because it's not available, not because they are not believing it, but this ingredient is missing in their jollof rice. The ingredient of fire. Glory be to God. Fire. So again, let's go back to our jollof rice metaphor. We started talking about that. The Holy Ghost gave us that when Pastor Taffy was teaching a couple of weeks ago. So walking by faith is like wanting to cook jollof rice. Hope 
means you have the image. Oh, I want to eat jollof rice, so I'm expecting to eat jollof rice. And you know, okay, I need all these things, fine. But faith goes, gets all the right ingredients, gets the right cook. And one major thing faith will also do is fire up the rice. You don't put all the ingredients on the pot and forget to light up the pot under the fire. I mean, we put light up fire under the pot and you say, I'm waiting for jollof rice. You will never get jollof rice. You will never get, you will never get any meal. For the meal to be cooked, glory be to God, there must be fire. And I'm going to start showing you from tonight that where the fire of God is missing, Many times the things God wants to do in the lives of his people, they never come to pass. And that's the missing ingredient. And what I'm challenging every member of this church and everyone listening to this series to do is to examine yourself. Not condemn yourself. You're asking yourself, how market? How is my life now that I'm in Christ? Am I better off? Am I making progress? This is 2018, second quarter. How am I doing? How market? Very, very important. And once you can ascertain how you are doing, why is it the way it is? Maybe you've not seen any increase. Or maybe you've seen one-fold, two-fold, three-fold. Why is it one-fold? Why is it that when I got promotion the last time, and the promotion has not come for the last um, three years, they only moved me from level one to level three? When I have a God that can take me from prison to palace in one day, or 13 years, however you want to analyze it, the bottom line is God can promote you. Why is my own only level one to level three? And I'm telling you, if you can sit down and sincerely ask those questions, not be too timid to face reality, don't do ostrich Christianity. Hide your head under the sand and everything will be okay. After all, the Bible says all things work together for them that love God. It is true. All things does work together. But not when you are behaving like, a host, like an ostrich. Ask pertinent questions. Let me tell you why you need to ask pertinent questions. You are not perfect. Which one of you here can boldly say, I am perfect? Rise on your feet. Stand up. Let me quickly sit down before the fire. <laughs> I want to live long. <laughs> so they won't think I'm standing up. <laughs> Nobody is perfect. Only God is perfect. And the only thing that can't be improved upon is perfection. And God's word is perfection. God's spirit is perfection. God's ways are perfection. God's kingdom is perfection. And I'm here to tell you, child of God, one of those things is fire. You can't improve on fire. So when God tells you fire, you better get the fire. And don't spend your life arguing or trying to prove to God that, ah, me, I don't need fire. You will spend there. Perfection has already said these things will be done by fire. And you can't improve on that. So when you ask, why is my life like this? God may tell you, sir, your fire is not where it ought to be. There are three categories of people, God told me. There are those that there is no fire at all. In the sense that it has never been there. You have never been on fire in your life since you became a Christian. Don't move too much. The one I'm talking about you. Again, we are not here to embarrass you. We're only here to diagnose and to answer those questions. Why is it like this? So you examine yourself. Ah, maybe I'm that one. I've never really had a season in my life where I can boldly say I was on fire for God. For any consistent length of time. And it produced results in my life. I caught fire and I knew my life changed. I keep sharing testimonies upon testimonies of things God led me to do that I did and changed the situation. So you can't positively say, since I became a Christian, no. there was a time I took God so seriously, took the word of God seriously, took the spirit of God seriously, fire that wasn't there came, and after a while, something radical changed in my life. You may be like that here. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. That kind of person, you need fire to be ignited. You've never had it before. There are those that have had it before. They have tasted this thing I'm talking about. So I'm not speaking Greek to them. They know what Pastor T is saying. It has happened to them before. They can talk to what happened in 2000, 2010, 2015. 
a season of their life where the fire fell, where fire came and things changed, but it has now gone down, perhaps completely, or it's just at a lower level. Those are the people that we are using the word rekindled. I would have themed it igniting and or rekindled. Because some people need fire to be ignited. If the fire is out, sir, it has to be ignited. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? There is no way around it all. The earlier you settle it, fire is the perfection, the order of God. I'm still laying foundation here. Don't worry, I have two months on this series with you. God, let me take your time. Teach them very well. This is the answer to what people are looking for. Before you start looking for another solution elsewhere. Before you start looking for another, you know, your problem size is that you don't have fire or the fire is too low. So, some of us need fire ignited. Some of us need the fire rekindled. Then there's a third category. The fire is fine. It just needs to be rekindled as well, but taken to another dimension. I went to buy pizza the other day during this holiday. And they put something there. Do you know that it takes... Um, the oven to be heated to 450 degrees. I don't even know what that feels like, looks like, or tastes like. <laughs> but I know it's something. 450 degrees for your pizza to be well made. And actually, I realized as I was meditating on that statement that it wasn't really a complete statement. What they were really saying is, because in that place, you order, they will get the pizza out from your order to the time you have to wait, within 30 minutes. You see, if you want to Cook, you know, party jollof rice. Those, I don't know, the name that has come to my mind is Agbari Ojuku, that my mother used to. Huge pots. Eh? You want to cook jollof rice for 500 people. And you now go to, you, you go and get a, a stove, a Form 1 boarding house boy stove. And you lower the fire to the lowest. And you say this rice will be ready in one hour. You will be dead if Jesus comes back. <laughs> now you are fire. <laughs> but it's too low. <laughs> you are not the guy that has no fire. I have fire now, can't you see? And we can see. But for the jollof rice or the results you want to get, that fire is too low. So what they were saying is that to get this pizza made within less than 30 minutes, we have to heat up the oven very so you can get the job done quickly. We can't overheat it because it will burn the pizza. At the same time, we just have the right temperature and we, didn't, we won't waste your time. So there is a guy waiting for God to give him financial breakthrough. He is working with 250 degree fire. Where, 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 and in reality, it needs 450 degree fire. Sometimes that's how, that's the narrow of the, how we miss it with God. And that kind of person, ah, is it that you don't have fire? He has fire. Is it that he doesn't even have fire and fire? 250 degrees. Again, I don't know whether that one is hot, cold or something, but it sounds hot. But no, what we get the job done is 450 degrees in the time you want it done. Those are the kind of things we need the Holy Ghost to help us with. So if you don't have the fire, examine yourself, but don't condemn yourself. Your prayer is God, ignite fire in my life like I've never experienced it before. All this thing that pastor is saying that is looking like Greek before my eyes. Have you been there before? I always talk about the story of when I just, around when I was, just got game born again, reading Kenneth taking books. And we're talking about word of knowledge and the spirit of God revealing things to you. And we say things like, it will just come up in you like a butterfly. That you are not, and I'm like, ah. This, this man, nothing is coming up in me. There's no butterfly. Nothing is coming up. But I kept reading and I kept praying. And then it says in my life, like, things just come up. Just like he said it. It didn't happen the first day I had it. It didn't happen probably for the first two, three years I had it. But I stayed on. Tap your neighbor and say, stay on, stay on, stay on. And exactly like he taught it, that's how it happens. It will just come up. In other words, it's inside your spirit. I hope you know your spirit is not here. Your spirit is here. In your belly. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Something will just come up. It can be an utterance. It can be a thought. It, and you, sometimes you will feel it. You will know it. You will see it. So it may never have happened. Pray for it. Ignite. 
You may be the guy there's fire, but you know this is not how it used to be when I was on campus. Hey! Before I got married. Hey! Three years ago. Hey! Even the devils in Australia knew that somebody was born in Lagos. But now, ants don't even move when you pray. You pray, but the fire is low. You don't need condemnation. You need rekindling. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Take that fire to where it was and where it can be. Hallelujah. And even if you are born in, like John the Baptist, you may be doing 250, 350 degrees, but the elevation God has for you requires 500 degrees. You also need rekindling. And you need the Holy Ghost to show you how to take it to the next level. Say with me, Holy Ghost, help me take it to the next level. Are you with me this evening? Say that again. Holy Ghost, help me take you to the next level. Take the fire of God at work in my life. I can't hear somebody this evening. Take the fire of God operating in my life, cooking miracles, cooking blessings, opening doors, making things to happen. Take that fire to the next level and where it ought to be in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands for 10 seconds. Pray that simple prayer. Pray that prayer. Oh, Shandak, don't leave me the way I am, Lord. Whether it's that I need it ignited for the first time, or I need it ignited again, or whether it's, it's lower than where I know it ought to be, or whether it's like I'm operating at the hottest I've ever been, it's just that I'm still not getting the job done. I need more. I need more. Take the fire to where it ought to be. Ask him. Look, if you ask God, God will give you. That's the beautiful thing about the God we serve. If you ask, it will be given to you. But you need to know that you need it to ask. If you don't know you need it, you may never ask. If you don't know you need it, you may never ask. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let the fire of God fall afresh on our lives. Let it fall afresh on this church. Let it fall afresh on this city. On this nation. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Rekindle the fire. Anchor text. Before I start, I want to ask you a question. This is about the fourth or fifth time or even sixth time I'm running this series in this church. From my notes, I can see the first fire force series I ran was in 2012. So I want to ask, don't answer me, answer yourself, examine yourself. What was the theme of last year's fire for? And more importantly, I'll give you a minute to check your notes if indeed you have notes. If you have notes and you carry your notes around. Or whether the note is inside your mind. What did we really teach on last year? What was the main emphasis? What did we stress last year? Talking about fire. Just want you to think about that question. But like those of you that have been in church. Because we did fire for last year. We ran this series last year. Praise God. Can you remember? And I want to stress again something I keep, teach, I keep stressing in church. Many people don't hear what the pastor is saying. And they are wondering why their life is like this. That is the answer. The word God sent to deliver you from your affliction. You are not receiving it. Some people here, and one year later, they are forgotten. They are forgotten. The thief has come and stolen the word. And it's because they don't write it down. I was checking through my notes. There was one message Pastor Jimmy preached in 2012. When we're talking about this, it was one that took that class. And this is what struck me. Many of the things, he taught five things in that series. Yeah, in my notes. Many of the things he said then, and, as I, and I, this was five years ago, 2012, six, five, six years ago. I'm looking at Pastor, Pastor Jimmy Terry. I'm looking at his life now. About two or three of them are burning blazingly in his life. One of the main things he says is that, look, the fire of God will cause you to have influence. Pastor Jimmy is so influential in certain aspects of this nation, probably more than any other people. It was a vision then. A vision that had grown in his life where he could teach it. It was just beginning to happen in them. Now it's happening live. So again, I'm not saying this to make you feel bad, but I'm answering the question. Can't remember what I taught you last year on Fire 4? 
and the main emphasis, and also third category, you have not used it to get results. Last year, I taught you about having divine encounters. That you need fire to the point where you have divine encounters, where you hear something from God. You see something from God. And we, we taught extensively. I was on it for several weeks. I used that revelation for supernatural law. That was what happened to me when God came to me and said, I have raised at least 10 people that can individually sponsor supernatural. Stop asking me for money. And the money for supernatural came. Just like I, what I taught you, I used it. It has changed my life, changed my finances, changed this church. We released two churches last January. Two churches. The, the new and um, Ikorudu. Our income has remained as it is. I was looking at the report for last year. Listen to me. Listen to me very well. Listen to me. And I think I've earned this now. I've been pastoring some of you for several years. Stop forgetting, ignoring what I teach you. I was looking through my nose as I was praying. I said, ah, you mean I've taught all these things in this church? But it doesn't make any difference if the people you are teaching forget. Or don't use it. Don't use it. One year later, you can't remember the revelation God gave you. And if you can't remember it, you can't be using it. So perhaps there's somebody here that sat in this teaching last year and he's not practicing divine encounters anymore. He doesn't know how to engage God to get a divine encounter. He doesn't know. These are what the things we thought. And I told you, you need, there's nobody in the Bible that didn't have an encounter. Nobody that didn't say God told me or they saw something. And I told you, you need to pray. That's what fire is to get to the point where you don't, you don't sleep until God speaks. Do whatever you need to do until you have that encounter. When you have that encounter, when you hear things, there are at least 10 people in that church that can individually sponsor it. Hey, the rest it will give you. Some pastors can't rest because of church finances. Rolling it as But when God speaks something, like, ah, man, you don't have to harass anybody. Hallelujah. So, if you are that guy, don't move too much. You know what I'm talking about you. That last year, what I taught, Satan has stolen it. Because that's what it means. When you can't remember. Mark chapter 4, Bible of the sower. The first category of soils that never produce fruit. Jesus said there were three categories of soil that will never produce fruit. And this is how we describe the first one. Said the enemy comes because they don't understand what was taught. Said the enemy comes and taketh away the word that was stolen. And that was sown in their hearts. In other words, they came for fire for, Pastor T taught them, they shouted, they prayed, they danced. But after a while, they can't remember. They don't have notes that they can fall back on. They don't buy the CD that they can listen to. And they live in Lagos. So busy, so chaotic. You want to overcome the stress of Lagos? Learn to have CD, tapes, and notes. Because you will forget. It's not, I'm not cursing you. This is probably the busiest generation human beings have ever lived. Too many distractions. But if from time to time you can go back on ah, this, is what I wrote down, put that CD in again, and hear. And uh, the interesting thing is, you have such a powerful memory. Praise God. The way you guys are looking quiet, it looks as if 99% of you are guilty. <laughs> the way you are keeping quiet but again I'm not here to condemn you I'm only here to correct you learn to take notes I am the delivery boy I should not be enjoying these things more than you I'm the DHL guy that DHL sent to come and deliver the parcel you ordered online you prayed, God has sent a word from heaven then on the way, I'm reading what they sent inside. And I'm using it for my life. And your life is still like this. No. That's not how we should work. Learn to hear. Me, I don't joke with what Reverend K teaches. Oh. I'm telling you. I don't joke with what Reverend George teaches. Reverend Victor. Summer Blast and all those things. And some of the other teachers and instructors I have. I can sit with a series of their teaching for six months. And I take notes while they are teaching. From time to time, I just refer back to them. And someone that won't like to just come. Boom. Praise God. 
Now hear me. The next series I'm going to start, I'm going to do this again. Please don't fail that exam that next time. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Praise God. Tap your neighbor and say, take notes, take notes, take notes. Don't be coming for taking services without notes. You are, you are telling God, God, I'm as intelligent as you are. You are telling, the posture alone is wrong. Holy Ghost, there's nothing you can tell me that I don't know. Okay, forget, you don't even believe it's the Holy Ghost teaching. Pastor T, there's nothing you can tell me you don't know. No. It's a posture, you are not saying it with your mouth. You are saying it with your attitude. Attitude speak, oh. Those of you that your hands are like this because there's nothing to write with. You are the one I'm talking to. Now, I'm not saying you should put your hand down. I'm just saying I've caught you because they put their hand down. That's not the point. That you don't have something to write with and you are saying you came for a teaching service. It's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. It's wrong. Attitude, they say, is what regulates altitude. You know we are talking about elevation. When you are coming to church, if you really believe oh, that God will speak to you and show you something, come with a heart that is... Because when it comes, you won't understand it at first. Except you know you are going to go and buy the CD and sit down and do your study at home. So if you say, okay, Pastor T, I don't remember, but my note is somewhere at home. All right. Like I said, it's about you examining yourself. <laughs> Praise God. It's not the notes you show us that we're interested in. It's the result in your life. It's the result in your life. At the end of the day, we will check your bank accounts. We will check your spiritual life. We will check your marriage. We will check your ministry. We have already confirmed that you are going to heaven. So that one's there. But we check. We are talking about you enjoying the fullness of the benefits. If you are going to live that kind of life, you can't play light with the word God sends your way. Someone that understands me say, I hear. I hear. All right, let's start. So the theme for this year is what? Rekindle the fire. Praise God. Somewhere in the middle of the message, we'll get to the core of what we want to talk about. And we have many things to talk about, but let's get started. Amen. Zechariah chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. We're going to do something amazing in this series. We are going to do a book. In fact, we're going to do three books study. I don't think I've taught like that in this church before, but God showed me. There are many ways you can study the word of God. Number one, you can take a word. So we are talking about fire. We just gave it a fancy title, fire for. We could have done it like the old timers used to do it, fire, 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 fire. Or revival, 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 revival. But we are trying to trend up a bit. Fire for, something that sounds like James Bond, skyfall or something. <laughs> but we are also bringing it from scripture. Many times in scriptures, fire fell from heaven. And every time fire fell, things happened. So you can study the word fire. That's one way to study it. Another way you can study is books. So we're going to study the book of Zechariah. Some of you may never have read it before. So assignment number one. In the course of these two months, read the book of Zechariah. It's only like 12 or 14 chapters. Ah, I don't understand such books when I read them. Don't read King James. Read Message, New Living Translation, Message Translation, or New King James. And if New King James is still confusing you, read the other um, easy-to-interpret translations. Read, just read it. You can read that book of Zechariah in one sitting. Just 12, 14 simple chapters. We're also going to study the book of Ezra. And we're going to study the book of Nehemiah. Actually, it's four books. And Micah. No, is it Micah? No, Nehemiah. And Haggai, sorry, four. Those four books tell us something powerful about fire. And we'll see as we go on. And they actually all record different perspectives of things that happened. Ezra and Nehemiah, they were involved in the building of Jerusalem, the temple and the temple wall. And they recorded certain things that happened. The governor was involved. The high priest was involved. They, they all talk about, you see the same names and the same characters there. Um, Haggai and Zechariah were the prophets. They were seeing into the spiritual things of what was happening that Nehemiah and Ezra were writing on the ground. It's an amazing study. And I pray your life will never be the same again. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
rekindle the fire and want to activate and engage the fire of God around our lives, in and around our lives, so that the glory of God can be seen in our lives. Again, the burden on our hearts is these things that the Bible tells us Jesus has died for and has resurrected for us to enjoy. Why am I not seeing them to the point where I'm satisfied in my life? That's the question we want to deal with. And the simple answer is the level of fire operating in your life, fire of God. We are using jollof rice and cooking as a metaphor. The fire of God can regulate or determine what actually manifests in your life. So let's start by making that connection. Zechariah chapter 2, verse 4. Jerusalem shall be inhabited as a town without walls because of the multitude of the men and the livestock in it. Amazing. For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire. All around her. Can I hear somebody shout wall of fire? That's not a shout. Let me hear you shout wall of fire. And I will be the glory in her midst. So God says two things. Now, background. And this is why we need to do the study. They had gone into captivity. Jerusalem at this time was born to the ground. It was like Syria. Like Syria is now because of war. People had been killed. They had been behaving like rascals, living in sin, which, by the way, is a manifestation that the fire of God is absent. When things like sin start finding simple inroads into your life, you're always lying. You try to stop lying, no, but you're still lying. You're always stealing. You're, when those kinds of things start happening, it's, the fire is low or the fire is not there. You'll see that in a minute. So they had lost everything. Then God, and, and before they lost everything, God sent prophets, prophets like Jeremiah to them. You people should repent. This rascality is not going to help you. Before the judgment of God falls, they did not listen because everything was good. They were once the America in the world, Israel and Jerusalem. And they went slack and complacent. I wonder how many people are, are doing that with God today. Finances are good. That's why he's not praying anymore. Marriage is sweet. That's why he's not fasting anymore. Children are doing fine and he has gone cold on serving God in church. Human beings can fall into that trap. Because things are good on the outside, they fail to keep the fire that makes it happen on the outside burning. It's a trap of the enemy. So they fell into sin and everything was destroyed to the ground. Then God now sent this prophet to come back and prophesy. And he stood. It's like someone getting up in Nigeria today. And you know, many of us feel as if our country is not in a good shape. And some prophets are already declaring things like that. By 2025, Nigeria will be one of the most desirous nations on the face of the earth. You know, you laugh at that kind of prophecy. Even if you don't laugh outside because you're a believer on the inside. How shall these things be? Like when Gabriel came to tell Mary, you are going to give birth to God. Not just that you are going to give birth to. <laughs> you are going to give birth to God. How shall it be? So before they ask God, how shall it be? How shall this place that is a ruin today, that is deserted and burned to the ground and destroyed, the temple had been burnt down, the temple Solomon built. Nebuchadnezzar had taken away all their treasuries. There was nothing left. People had been killed and slaughtered. The survivors had been taken into captivity and the remaining were kept as slaves in their own land to be serving the people that were dominating them. It's a picture of humanity without Christ. We were sinners under the dominion of the devil. Sickness lowered it over us. Poverty lowered it over us. Failure lowered it over us. Because we had no Christ. Then God now said, I will... It's like that prophecy God gave Adam in the Garden of Eden. The seed of the woman will bruise your head. So God prophesied restoration. Prophesied restoration. And here's restoration again. Or verse 5 says how it will happen. Before they could say, how is Jerusalem going to be a city without walls that will be filled with people again? That there will be multitude of cattle. In other words, there will be commerce. This place will thrive again. There will be businesses. There will be money. The economy will be sound. People will be fine. How is that going to happen? It's all a ruin today. Everything has been burnt down. And God said, this is how it will happen. I will be a wall of fire around her. 
and that fire will birth my glory. So there's a fire and glory connection. Let's quickly define glory. For those of you that don't know the meaning of glory again, it is everything God is, everything God has, everything God has done, everything God can do, the weightiness of God, the fullness of his grace, the fullness of his power, the fullness of his wisdom. I will be a wall of fire. In other words, I will set Jerusalem on fire. Holy fire. And my glory will come back. Professor, over your neighbor, I see the glory of God burning blazingly in your life. Hallelujah. The fire will cause the glory. Oh, hallelujah. Obadiah 117. This was a text we used a lot in our last series, Possessing Your Possession. And again, this is another prophet. Upon Mount Zion, and by the way, all these prophets and prophecies were talking to the physical nation Israel, but they were a type and shadow of the church of Jesus Christ and humanity at large. So they are, it's relevant to us in 2018. Upon Mount Zion, the church of God, what will happen? There will be deliverance. People will come in broke. God will deliver them from poverty and they will become rich. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? People will come in oppressed. God will deliver them from the oppression of their enemy and then they will be free. Can I hear a louder amen? amen? Where will it happen? In church. Check your life. If you have been coming to church for any reasonable period of time, has God delivered you from some things that were tormenting you before? Talk to me, somebody. Upon Mount Zion, there will be deliverance. Glory be to God. The house of Jacob, and this was our theme, shall possess their possession. Lift your hands in faith and shout, I possess my possession. And this is what we are dealing with. Why is it that they have prophesied and prophesied and taught and taught that you have to possess your possession and you still don't have the possession? That's what we want to deal with now. So we prayed and we believe God that you possess and you are possessing your possession. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. But what the next verse? Verse 18. This place where they will possess their possession, this place where there shall be deliverance, the house of Jacob, it shall be a fire. And the house of Joseph shall be a flame. So when the church is on fire, when the believer is a flame, there will be deliverance. Can I hear loud? Amen. Amen. And there will be people possessing their possession. Your money is coming back in Jesus' name. Amen. Your peace shall be restored in Jesus' name. Amen. You will be fruitful in all your ways in Jesus' name. Amen. But check it too. It takes fire. It takes fire. Glory be to God. So it's a problem. Where a Christian is without fire. Now, we now need to start defining what fire is and describing what fire is. You see, the good thing about the Bible, and I've told you many, many, this many times before, God used natural metaphors we can relate to to describe spiritual things that are abstract to us. So everybody here knows fire. You use it to cook every day in your house. It is also the electricity that runs things. So electricity is like a fire. Look at this building or your house. Once the fire is on, the TV can work. The AC can work. The cooker can work. The heater can work. But when Nepal takes light, what happens? Everything shuts down. Once the fire is out, boom. If the current is low, how many of you have had low current before? Talk to me, somebody. What happens? It doesn't work. So what do you do? You need to rekindle the fire. Some of you have low current in your life. Don't move too much. I'm talking about you. And I'm not trying to abuse you. Your current is low. That's why you can't power that air conditioner. The current is low. And all you need to do is to ask God to help you to recharge. Get your current back up. Get your fire back up. Some of you have no fire. In fact, your transformer has been burnt <laughs> for six months. <laughs> and you are not doing anything about a new transformer. 
Oh, glory to God. But thank God. Hallelujah. God is sending us his word this season. Say with me, the fire of God is falling on my life. Falling on my finances. Falling on my marriage. Somebody claim and receive these things like never before. Give the Lord a shout of praise if you believe it. Let, let me begin to close tonight. I'm just laying foundation here. It is amazing, instructive, and remarkable that every single person in the Godhead, when they showed up in the Bible, many times they showed up as fire. That speaks volumes to us. When God the Father showed up, in many places in the scriptures, he came as fire. When Jesus showed up, particularly in his glory, he came as fire. When the Holy Ghost came in the book of Acts, he came as fire. That tells you a lot. That tells you a lot. And I came to this conclusion. Where there is no fire in a Christian's life, or the fire is low, or the fire is gone, it means the Father is not having his way. It means the Son is not having his way. And it means the Spirit is not having his way. So watch your life very well. Now, where there's fire, there will be fervency. We'll get into this as we go on. There will be zeal. There will be passion. There will be excitement. Watch it in your life where the zeal is low. Watch it. Where the excitement is low. Watch it. Glory be to God. Hebrews 12, 29. Some people get scared about this kind of scripture, but I don't know why. It's because they are ignorant. Ah, God. This text is not even say God has fire. It says God is fire. A consuming fire. That's like when they told us God is love. They didn't say God has love. They said God is love. The nature of God is love. If you open God up, what you will see is love. Child of God, if you open God up, what you see is fire. We will, as we go on this series, we will describe and go in more details with fire. But please, let's just stay with that. When you open God up, God is a consuming fire. So to claim you have God. How many people have God here? Come on, raise your hand if you believe you have God. And there is no fire. Something is wrong. It's either you don't have God, which is not the case. The only other meaning is that God is not having his way. I love the way Bishop... Bluma said it when he came for supernatural. Ask your neighbor for me again. Are you, have you been listening to your supernatural messages or you forgotten that one too? That complete question. Ask him. Ask him. Have you been listening to your supernatural or you forgotten that one too? Because most likely he has forgotten the fire fall last year. So somebody did not ask. Oh, one more minute. There may be a miracle in there. They don't know. <laughs> okay. Can I tell you something? By default, when I stand on this book, we just assume it's God talking to you. Even when I ask things like that. There may be a miracle in that simple question. It may be a test of obedience. Because someone thinks I'm just joking. And that is so powerful that supernatural, what they taught you, you have forgotten it in March. Supernatural was in December. Anyway, I've already talked about that one. Bishop Bruma said something powerful. He said when he was coming to this church, the first session, he, he preached there twice. The first, when he was coming, on the way, God changed his message. The second one too, on his way, God changed his message. One of the pastors that came with him said, there's something strange about your church, that there are many things he did. He said, I've been going around the country with him. There are many things he did here, he never did anywhere else. He never raised an offering like he raised here. He said, this one of changing messages and all those things, he didn't do it anywhere else. And he went to many churches, I won't mention names, some of the biggest churches or most popular churches around. That, that pastor pulled me aside and, and told me that in confidence. So this one, which Bruma said, he said, for you to be in this church, and you are not being blessed by God, you must be a hacker. I think many people don't understand what he was saying. He said, you must know how to hack systems. Because he said, every time, these two times I've come, God has changed my message. I had a message on my way. God changed it. He said, that tells me that God is in control of this pulpit. I mean, that's really blessed me tremendously. And that means God is sending things through this pulpit. And if anybody is not being blessed, it means they are hacking what God is. You know what hackers do? They override systems. So the system is saying, God's delivery room. He will not listen, or he will forget, or he will ignore. He hacks it. Then he's believing his own thing. So you must be a hacker. 
Let me ask your neighbor, are you a hacker? Don't answer, don't answer. Now reply to your neighbor, I am not a hacker. Say, I'm a hearer. Hearer. Hackers ignore. Praise God. So, for you to have consuming fire as your father, and you, you are freezer or freeze. You know, God is humorous. So why is it the guy spreading anti scriptural things? Why is his name freeze? And God is a consuming fire. Can you imagine that? At the prince of this world known, they will not have crucified the Lord of glory. God saw them from when he was born. And he knew when they gave him that nickname that in your destiny, you will be opposite of God. So freeze. <laughs> Maybe you are listening to freeze. Overriding everything God is telling you from church. Because that can be the only other. It's either you don't have God, and you claim you have God, and you're in church on a Wednesday evening. So I actually, def- I beg to... Um, I choose to believe you have God. But if there's no fire, if you have God, maybe freeze is hacking your system or you're allowing freeze to hack your system. God is a fire. A consuming fire. Hallelujah. Exodus 3.2 Every time God showed up, he showed up as fire. The angel of the Lord appeared to him, talking about Moses, in a flame of fire. You know the story. Now, God is a consuming fire. That's remarkable. And when Moses saw that bush burning, the bush was not consumed. So it tells you that there are certain things consuming fire consumes, and there are certain things it doesn't consume. And as we go in our teaching, you will see that it's things like sickness that consuming fire consumes. Sin. Poverty. When the fire of God burns in your life, you can't be sick, sir. We'll get into that later on. Let me go on. Praise God. So he said, the angel of the Lord. Some of you say, oh no, it's his angel. Ah, look at Psalm 104 verse 4. God makes his angel spirits and his ministers. Ministers mean servants. In the Bible, when they say angel, they may be referring to divine beings like angels with big wings. And some of them may be referring to pastors. Messengers of God. So he's putting both angels and messengers together. He makes them a flaming fire. So for the angel that appeared to Moses, God was the one that made him a fire. How could God make that angel a fire? Because God is a fire. He makes his angels flaming fire. Glory be to God. Every time the father, when he appeared, several places. Let me give you a third witness. Exodus 13, verse 21. And the Lord, this one is very clear. So it's not the angel now. The Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud. And he led them the way. And led them the way. And by night in a what? Pillar of fire. So the presence of God was traveling with them on that wilderness journey. And during the day, it will change or morph into a cloud. So that the sun will not burn them. Somebody say divine air conditioning. And at night, that same cloud will morph into fire. The Lord, God. It's amazing. So if the Lord is there in your life, in your business, there will be fire. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. When Jesus showed up, John the Baptist, I mean, John, the, the, the apostle John, he saw Jesus in the book. In fact, he said he saw Jesus three times. Resurrected Jesus. Jesus in all his glory. Now, when he was here on the earth, we didn't see fire because he wasn't in the fullness of his glory. But people that had spiritual eyes like John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water. But he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and what? Fire. That was invisible. This one was visible because he was now in the fullness of his glory. The resurrected Christ. Tap your neighbor and say, you have resurrection power. You have resurrection power. Tap your neighbor and say, as Jesus has it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at what John saw. Revelations 1.14. His head and his ears were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as what? Flaming fire. Glory be to God. 
the fire was in his eyes. Talking about Jesus, verse 16, his countenance, I love this one, was as the sun shines. That's his radiance. He said, when you look at Jesus in all of his glory, he's like the sun. Hallelujah. Do you know the sun is fire? Hmm? As the sun shines in its strength. That's the first time he saw him, Revelation 1. Second time he saw him was Revelation 2, verse 18. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, These things said the Son of God, who has in his eyes... Who has his eyes like unto a flame of fire? Same thing he saw in Revelation 1. Then he recorded what he saw again in Revelation 19 for us. Revelation 19, 11. And I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. Verse 12, his eyes, what? Were like a flame of fire. I need to quickly close here because I want you to pray. But when you get home, read Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. What John saw, Ezekiel had seen before. And Ezekiel chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Ezekiel's description was more dramatic. He said it was like a flame of fire from the waist up and a flame of fire from the waist down. Two times. Those two. He saw Jesus. Flame of fire from his waist up and his waist down. Engulfed in fire. How many of you believe that Christ is in you? Talk to me somebody. And you are in Christ. Then you should have fire. It's a big problem. When someone claims I am in Christ. Christ is in me. God is my father. I have God in my life. And you are cold spiritually. Prayer life, cold. See worship, cold. Giving, cold. It's a big problem. Something is wrong somewhere. And that's why we want to trust God to address this season. Peradventure. Peradventure. Something is corrupting the fire. God will help us rekindle it in the name of Jesus. Amen. That your amen needs to be louder. Holy Ghost, you know his own story. Acts 2 3, when he came. Then appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Notice not ice block, not snow. As of what? Fire. Peter described what happened in Acts chapter 2. He said this is the fulfillment, verse 16, of the prophet of, prophecy of Joel. And he quoted the prophecy verbatim. And verse 19, he said, this is what God said will happen at a particular time. And Peter said in verse 16, this is that that was spoken by Joel. In other words, what just happened here? This pandemonium people are claiming that, that, that happened. It was the fulfillment of that prophecy. And this is the main part there, verse 19. I will show wonders in heaven and signs on the earth. Blood. We may interpret that as the blood of Jesus. So the blood of Jesus came, cleansed humanity, cleansed us from our sin, and made a way for the glory of God, the Spirit, to come into our lives. Blood, but not just blood. Blood and fire. Fire and vapor of smoke. The vapor of smoke comes out of the fire. I like the way they designed the artwork for this series. You could see the fire, then behind it you could see the smoke. And that was the fulfillment of the Holy Ghost coming. Blood and fire. So we see the Father showing up as fire. We see the Son showing up as fire. We see the Spirit showing up as fire. The Godhead. And that's what we have. We should be a people on fire. That's what we called the teaching series last year. On board, because the word was great flight. You need, if, you, if you don't get on the plane, sir, you're not going to fly. But don't just get on board, get on fire. Be on fire like your father is on fire. He told us, John said, imitate your father love as his love. The same way they said God is love, they also said God is fire. If your father is fire, be fire. Don't be lukewarm. Don't be lackadaisical. Cold where the word of God is concerned. Haven't sat down to read the Bible for three months. Haven't sat down to get a revelation from the word for three months. Haven't sat down to walk the word to produce a result for three months. No fire. And that's why it's the way it is. The sun is not blazing as it ought. 
And you don't condemn yourself. You just pray. You look at your life. You examine yourself. Is the spirit blazing in me? Don't condemn yourself. Examine. Somebody said, don't condemn. Examine. You can look at the first three months of this year, the, first, the last three years of your life. Is the father blazing in me? Is the son blazing in me? Is the spirit blazing in me? Is that a yes or a no? Then, okay, if he's blazing, is he blazing as he ought? Said his eyes was fire. I should look into your eyes and see fire. No, that I, I don't think I'm coming for prayer meeting tomorrow morning. You know, so when you look into your eyes, that's, that's what you see. Fire. What happens when the son, let's start with the father, when the father is blazing in your life as he ought? Call this one fire effects. Number one, Genesis 19, 34. This is the first expression of the word fire in scriptures. We call something in the Bible the law of first mention. The first time the Bible uses any word or any teaching or any revelation is very important. The first time the word fire is mentioned in scriptures. What happened? Genesis 19, 34. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. For the Lord sent from the Lord out of heaven. So the first time fire manifested was when God was raining judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, this is not to say that God is going to judge you and kill you, but this tells you something. You see, they said in that Hebrews, Hebrews 12, God is a consuming fire. What does he consume? Sin. So the first effect of fire is consuming fire. Consuming fire. Child of God, listen to me. When you find it easy to sin, Without any effort, you have told a lie. Without any effort, you've done something, your heart convicts you. It's because the fire of the Father is low in your heart. Because if the Father was there, it will consume that Sodom and Gomorrah out of your life. Consume it. It is a consuming fire. It consumes sin. And it's not just sin. It consumes sickness. It consumes poverty. It, it consumes everything that is wrong. I'll show you two parts. So the first effect is consuming fire. Consuming fire does two things. It consumes what is bad, what is evil, what is wrong. It purifies. That consumption is purification. So what is God doing? Cleansing the earth of sin. The cancer of sin had grown so bad in Sodom and Gomorrah. If it wasn't checked before they knew it, it would spread to where Abraham was. You know, doctors, sometimes when people have an infection in their arm, before he spreads around the body and kills the human being, they cut off the hand. That's what God was doing there. Consumes it to purify. That's what God does for you in your life. When, when the fire, you may not have power over that sin, but God has power over it. Can I hear loud amen? amen? So what you do is you ask God, fire me up. Consuming fire, burn me up. If you see that you're always telling lies, ask God, God, my tongue. David prayed one prayer one day, set a watch over my mouth, set a, set a watch over my lips. Consuming fire. Praise God. So it consumes, it purifies, that's what it really means. But it also refines. Hallelujah. Back to Zechariah. Zechariah 13 verse 9. Listen to what God said. I will bring the one thought through fire. Hallelujah. And will refine them as silver is refined. Test them as gold is tested. This, that's why that bush did not burn. It, 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 it looked glorious. It looked attractive. What is attractive in bush? But not when consuming fire takes it over. So it caught Moses' attention. Do you know your life is supposed to be a life of beauty? Talk to me, somebody. Do you know your life is supposed to be a life of color? Many of us carry treasures in us that are not yet showing. Because there's no consuming fire. There's no refining fire. So you have gold inside of you, but we are seeing trash on the outside. But what happens in this series, and we are trusting God this season, the refining fire of God will consume our lives. Hallelujah. And every treasure in nothing vessels within us will begin to show forth. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Fire effect. It will cleanse you of what you need to be cleansed from. It will refine you. Of the glory that ought to be coming out of your life. Number two, what will happen if the fire of the sun begins to operate in your life? Malachi chapter two. I give you two scriptures. Number one, 
Malachi, sorry, chapter 4, verse 2. But to you who fear the Lord, the sun, remember his glory was, he said he burned like the sun in his brightness. Or you can say fire there. The fire of righteousness, it shall arise for you who fear the name of the Lord. Say with me, they are talking about me there. What will happen? The sun, S-U-N, not S-O-N, S-U-N of righteousness, fire. Hallelujah. He shall arise with healing in his wings. If the glory of the sun is blazing, child of God, there will be healing. Hallelujah. Ah, you can't, I'm not hearing you this evening. There will be healing. Fire effect, healing. He will burn, or like we said on Sunday, he will take away the infirmity and the sickness. Son of righteousness with healing in his wings. Psalm 84 verse 1. In fact, let's finish reading that. It's Malachi 4 2. It's not just healing. Look at the next word after healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat. Hallelujah. Like stall-fed calves. There will be prosperity. You will flourish. You will not be lean calves that are starving from malnutrition. Hello? You will be fat and flourishing calves. Pharaoh called Joseph. said, I had two dreams. For seven years, there were these animals that were starving, lean, the, the animals and the stock. Then there was another one. They were fat and flourishing and all that. And um, Joseph interpreted the dream. said, there will be seven years of poverty. And there will be seven years of prosperity. The sun of righteousness brings prosperity. If Jesus is there, blazing as he ought, you will never be broken on that day in your life. If he's not there, you'll be broken. If he's blazing, if the sun is blazing, there will be healing and there will be amazing prosperity. Blessings explosion. Look at Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. Then I saw Jesus. There was fire in his eyes and his countenance was as the sun in his strength. It's talking about the sun here. The sun. The Lord God will give grace and glory. Hallelujah. Isn't that what John said when the sun appeared? was full of grace and truth. Worthy is the Lamb that has obtained for us glory and honor. Revelation 5.12, we studied that on Sunday. No good thing will he withhold from those that walk uprightly. When you start feeling as if or looking at good things are not there, the sun is not blazing. If the sun, if you're on fire, with the fire of the sun of righteousness, no good thing will be withheld from you. Can I hear loud, amen? amen? I'm trying to encourage you to catch fire. This lukewarm Christianity you're doing is not helping you. It's actually to your detriment. I'm telling you, church, one major reason, why is my life like this? Why Christians... Don't manifest the benefits of what they have in Christ. They are not on fire. You can't see the fire of the Father. You can't see the fire of the Son. You can't see the fire of the Spirit. And I must ask everyone, examine yourself. Don't condemn yourself. And if you like me, me I, I believe I need more fire. I'm telling you, that's my conviction. After studying these things, I'm God opening my eyes to them. Lord, take me from the 200 degrees I'm on. I saw to make that pizza, I need 450 degrees Fahrenheit. Maybe I'm not at 450. And maybe that's why some things that I see that Christ has obtained is not showing. Because the sun is not in the fullness of his strength. When the fire of the spirit is there, what will happen? Acts 1.8, rise on your feet. Let's close. See, the way some people are even rising up, you can see there's no fire. <laughs> there's no fire. <laughs> there's no fire in the rising up. Praise God. When he said, when the Holy Ghost comes, you shall receive what? Power! When the Holy Ghost, so the first thing that the Holy Ghost brings, fire of the Holy Ghost, power. A prayerless Christian, they say, is a what? When a Christian is powerless, it means there's no fire. Again, we are not condemned, you know. And we are not judging. We are just reading scriptures. Can I hear a loud amen? And we are deducing truths from the scriptures the Holy Ghost is opening our eyes to. You can argue with it, too. 
Or you can accept it and pray, like we're going to pray in a few minutes, and ask God, send fire on my life. But not just does it bring power. I love this text. Somebody say with me, what is the lamp that has received for me? Honor and glory. It's not only power the Holy Ghost brings into your life. Or the fire of the Spirit brings. It brings honor and glory. Second Peter 1.17 2 Peter 1.17 For he received from God the Father. This is talking about Jesus. And by inference, you and I. Because the same Holy Ghost Jesus received, you and I received. Except we are hackers instead of hearers. The, if the Holy Ghost is blazing in us, like he blazed in Jesus, the same effect will be there. You may not be at 100%, oh, but maybe you'll be at 2%. And from 2%, you go to 5%. From 5%, you go to 10%. Praise God. The same effect. He received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is referring to the baptism of John and the Mount of Transfiguration. Those are the two times God said, this is my beloved son, and I'm well pleased. And every time God said that, the Holy Ghost came on Jesus. And the Bible tells us, not just did he get power, he also received honor and glory. When the fire of the Spirit is blazing, your life will look honorable. And it will look glorious. What's glory again? Fullness of favor. Fullness of blessing. Praise God. So, child of God, my admonition to you, jump on this journey with us. This 40-day resurrection aftermath, we are going for fire. Can I hear loud amen? amen? We are going for fire. If you don't have it, you better get it for the first time. If you have it and Lagos has quenched it, you better believe God. Go and listen to what Reverend K taught us during the workers' conference. That series will help you bring your fire back. Because that's what he was addressing. And even if you're on fire, examine yourself. Maybe you're on 200 and you ought to be on 400. How many of you would like the glory of God in your life to go to another dimension? Come on, lift your hands tonight. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun. Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.